Quest Nation, thank you for tuning into the Love Quest podcast. Get your Bibles ready, get your notebook, get your coffee, get some water, whatever you need to do, and get ready to receive. The time is right now. Let's go. He is my redeemer, and I know that he is doing a great work in redeeming his church. Can you say amen? Amen. We believe here at Love Quest, and I have testified it to it. I bear witness that revival has landed. When we think of the word revival, its root word is revive, which can also mean resuscitate. And I know I got some nurses and doctors in the house that might check me on this, but when I think resuscitate, I think putting a beat back into the heart. I think of putting breath back into the lungs. And We are not just part of a church here. Church means the body of Christ. But we are a part of an alive church, which is the body of Christ with the spirit of Christ within it. The spirit of Christ is the breath of God. And so I'm just super excited to be a part of an alive church. And I thank each and every one of you for carrying revival and and coming together for a great move of God. And so... Since Love Quest was burst, it has only increased in the faith. I came here months after it was launched, and it's only gone up from faith to faith, glory to glory. And so it's clear to see that the spirit of life is upon this church. It is prospering. Amen? And so if the Holy Spirit is, a, is among this church, if the Holy Spirit has brought this church to life, um, then it's safe to say that revival has landed. There's only been an increased hunger to gather, an increased hunger to pray, an increased uh, hunger to fast, an increased hunger to worship, an increased hunger to go deeper into the word and things of God. Revival has landed. In these past few months, we have seen the gift of prophecy fall on our man of God to speak the things of God by faith into existence, which has stirred up faith within God's people to walk in these words to then see them come to pass. And in the Bible, in Ezekiel 37, we see where the gift of prophecy and the spirit come together. We see a great revival or a rising up of the army. Right? Ezekiel was led out to a valley of dry bones. And the Lord asked him, can these bones live? These bones represented the church. And Ezekiel had a wise response. He said, oh God, you know. And God told him, prophesy to these bones and tell them that they shall live. And so he did that. And as he did that, the wind of the Holy Spirit partnered with that prophecy. And the bones started coming back to life. And the church rose up. Revival which was prophesied, is happening in these last days. Amen? Amen. And so if the Spirit has brought the church back to life, if we've been born again by the Spirit, John 3.3 says, Jesus answered, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, unless a person is born again 
anew from above. He cannot ever see. Say see. See. Know. Be acquainted with. And experience the kingdom of God. You must be born again. You must have the spirit of God inside of you in order to just see or experience or or, uh, encounter, be acquainted with the kingdom of God. But I believe I'm amongst a group of saints that are not just satisfied with seeing or encountering the kingdom of God, but I'm amongst a sea of people who desire to live the kingdom of God out on a day-to-day basis. Am I correct in saying that? Amen. Amen. And so I'm reminded of a word that Pastor Terrence released on the recipe for revival. And one of the ingredients, he listed five ingredients, and one of these ingredients was um, an increase. Let me find it here so I don't. Oh, yeah. One of the ingredients that was necessary for the church to sustain revival was the sacrifice of time. And he said that the proof of passion is in the investment of time. You can't see glory and rush God. The thing about time is it is the commodity of life. It is what our life is measured in. At least these mortal bodies is time. We have an expiration date on in this natural body, right? And so how we spend that is either building the kingdom of God or not. And God originally created us to partner with him to advance heaven on earth. And Jesus came to reestablish us in that purpose. And so if I were to have a title for tonight's sermon. I didn't have time to throw um, slides together, Um, but my title for tonight would be Living Kingdom as Living Sacrifices. And I wanna take this time to thank my pastors for entrusting me with the microphone here at this church. I do not take it lightly, and um, it just means the world to me that they have poured into me, and now trust me, to operate in the gifts that the Spirit has placed on my life, to hopefully encourage you guys with a word tonight. So thank you, Pastor Terrence, Pastor Julia. I love you as my spiritual father and spiritual mother, and I thank you for this opportunity. And I also thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding me as I share this revelation with your people. Um, Living kingdom as living sacrifices. A subtitle to that, having just read John 3, 3, the subtitle would be, you must be born again to see the kingdom and die to self to follow the king. Jesus said in Luke 14, verse 27, whoever does not persevere, say persevere, and carry his own cross and come after, follow me, cannot be my disciple. Now, this is the part where you might think I'm going to bum you out and tell you, you gotta, you got to do more. You're not doing enough killing of yourself. Um, that's not the case. Quite the opposite. I feel like the Lord wanted me to stand up here in front of you and just say thank you for all that you have sacrificed to be my true disciple. 
I know I'm talking to people who know a thing or two about sacrifice because you're here on a Wednesday night at church to worship God and sit under the word. It's dang near 25 degrees outside. You could have been on Kitts Beach playing pickleball with your buddies. You could have been downtown strolling the seawall, but instead you chose to come and gather with the saints to get a word, to build up your innermost being. And so I just salute you for um, knowing a thing or two about sacrifice, for prioritizing God. Not just this day, but all of you who have committed your lives to building the church of Jesus Christ. He sees you. He sees you. Arthur, he sees you, man. Deacon Roger, he sees you. Vicky, he sees you. Noel, he sees you. And he thanks you. Whoever does not persevere and carry his own cross and come after, follow me, cannot be my disciple. And I just want to share a quick revelation um, that I had. I work for a company called BC Hydro, and they've been a great company to be under. Um, and there was a, a time when I was a kid, and I saw other uh, men working for Hydro, and I thought, man, that's the dream job. I was working as a busboy, and they would come in their work clothes on the clock, and they're eating at the restaurant on the clock because they get called out for power outages and not have time to pack lunches or whatever. It's just part of the gig. And I just remember, man, this is a, such a great company. It has great benefits. But it was very tough to get onto this company because it just was a great job. But a couple of my buddies made up in their minds, we both want to do this. But it was gonna take a lot of work to build up the resume to get there. And I made up in my mind, I'm gonna cancel all my other plans and make time to simply build a resume to get on with this company. And the other two buddies of mine did not. And, and, and I stuck with it. And I became a student of the trade. I worked for free for a crew until they noticed me and took me on and now I work for them full time. But it took a season of sacrifice to get under the covering of BC Hydro that I wanted to. And now I reap the benefits of it. But sacrifice will get you in places that will benefit you in the long time. That's uncomfortable in the present time. Amen? Um, another thing I want to point out to you is that disciple is not actually a Bible word. It is a word that replaces the word student or pupil, learner. Um, and the thing about a student is that students know a lot about sacrifice. Going to school from grade kindergarten to grade 12, that was your life. You were a student. You didn't have much time to do anything else but learn. Um, you sacrifice playing. You sacrifice work so that you could go to school. Not that any kid had work on their mind. Um, when post-grad uh, education, college is what I'm trying to say. University, I didn't go to it, so I struggled talking about it a ton. <laughs> um, inquires it requires sacrifice. You gotta save finances, you gotta pay finances to get there. Um, and Jesus is calling us to a life of being a student. Um, the mysteries of the kingdom are preserved for students. 
those who lean in and really desire to know the truth of what it means to live kingdom. Um, we read about this in Mark 4, verse 10. Afterward, Jesus' disciples and those close to him remained behind to ask Jesus about his parables. He said to them, the privilege of intimately knowing the mystery of God's kingdom realm has been granted to you, but not to others, where everything is revealed in parables. For even when they say what I do, even when they see what I do, they will not understand. And when they hear what I say, they will learn nothing. Otherwise, they would repent and be forgiven. And so Jesus chose to teach about the kingdom using parables. Parables were simple stories using common items that people could relate to in that time. And within these simple stories were profound truths. But he hid them in there because Jesus knew that only the truth that you discover will be the truth that you own. And there has to be a level of sacrifice that goes into you discovering the hidden mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And so we see that the disciples were the ones, the original 12 were the ones that the kingdom was revealed to because they sacrificed. They left their careers behind. They left their fishing nets behind. They left their doctor practices behind. They left their accounting businesses behind. Um, and as a result, we read in the book of Acts, people who were living kingdom. We saw the power of God flow through these mighty men as they preached the kingdom of God boldly. We saw the power of God flow through these men of God as they laid their hands on the sick and sick recovered. We saw the these men living kingdom as they cast demons out and people were translated out of the kingdom of dark and into the kingdom of light. We saw the kingdom living flow through these men of God as they fought to gather together daily in the church and as a result, salvation. Numbers, thousands were added unto them daily because these men understood that students in order to be a student, it required sacrifice. And they answered the call to be a student of the King, Jesus Christ. And so I, I believe with all my heart that we are a part of the greatest move of God that this nation has ever seen. That we are right now living in the prophecy of Joel that in the last days I will pour out my spirit on my sons and daughters and they will prophesy. It says young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I just declare that everyone under the sound of my voice will not wait until the day of the king's return to walk in the power of his kingdom. For the kingdom reigns here and now in this place. 
And I declare that there is a hunger that is growing within each and every one of us to study the Word of God, to study our King, our Lord and Savior, and that He will continue to reveal the mysteries of the Kingdom of Heaven as we press in. For He said, when you seek me, and seek me with all your heart, there you will find me. If anyone believes with me, Shout hallelujah and praise our King. A revival being here now because it lives in us. Amen. You can have a seat. Pastor Terrence and Pastor Julia, my God, I, it constantly humbles me um, and puts me out of words, which is hard to do, <laughs> that you continue to see something in me that I haven't yet myself fully come into agreement with or believed. And so I thank you that you continue to partner with God to pull out of me what God put in me before I was birthed in my mom. And so thank you. I honor you. I love you. Happy early Mother's Day and happy early birthday. So we were asked to speak about a word that has, been, that has gone forth in the house recently. And I don't know about you, but last Wednesday wrecked me. Who was here last Wednesday? Yeah, so you remember what we were talking about, about the power of the tongue. And so I have been chewing on this, and so when I had been given the opportunity to speak, it was just a great opportunity for me to go deeper in the Word, to hear from God about what He was saying to me about the Word, and I pray that you have elite hearing, as Pastor Julia um, expressed two weeks ago, to get your own revelation from this Word, amen? So my Word... The sermon title is The Taming of the Shrew, From Lying to Prophesying, From Shrewd and New. From Lying to Prophesying, From Shrewd and New. <laughs> I was hoping that y'all would catch that. So if anyone has ever done high school English, you have probably read some sort of Shakespeare play and you may have expected me to speak on The Tempest. Uh, no, 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 no. Today we are speaking on The Taming of the Shrew. I don't know why. This is what the Lord dropped in my heart. So I said, okay, God, I, I must look up what a shrew is. Forgive me, I don't know. This is what a shrew is. An unpleasant, ill-tempered woman characterized by scolding, nagging, and aggression. And when I first read this, I said, oh my God, that is terrible. That is atrocious. And then God says, yeah, that was you. I was like, no, I was such a good, good little girl. Never really got into a ton of trouble. And he's like, no, 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 no. You had a bad mouth. And you had it for years. And so I said, okay, let's dig a little deeper because the taming of the shrew, you can read shrew as your tongue, the taming of the tongue. So let's dive into a little bit more about the tongue. The tongue is primarily used for taste, eating, swallowing, speech, and breathing. But you can't form words and speak without proper positioning of the tongue in the mouth. Dysfunction of the tongue can lead to serious speech impediments. Can you think of some, um, I think they're called, if you can uh, correct me, metonyms? Metonomes? Metonyms. You know, like uh, you say like a Freudian slip or it was like on the tip of my tongue. Can you throw out a few others that come to mind about the tongue? Nothing. <laughs> wow, okay, this is a tough crowd. It's a tough crowd. It was on the tip of your tongue. It was on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, so let's go to 
uh, the next slide. The tongue also protects the body with a gag reflex to things that are unpalpable or poisonous to the body. And for a while, this was not an active gag reflex in my body. I would digest and regurgitate nasty. And it wasn't all the time, but I had a very unique way of um, jabbing when I knew the time was right. And it was hurtful to many people. And the most um, awful part of it is most of the time I didn't know that what I was saying was hurtful. I thought I was being playful. I thought I was being funny, and it wasn't. And so I thank Jesus that now my gag reflex to things that are unpalpable or poisonous to my body are working and functioning optimally. Amen? Amen. And I pray that over you. Next slide, please. This is my anchor scripture. Uh, and Pastor touched on this last week. This is the NIV version. It says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers. Who's talking here? Right, Jesus is talking here. How can you, who are evil, say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Let's pause right here. Because, nope, yeah, yeah, good. Uh, so when I was preparing this, I kind of like brushed over it and went to the next scripture. But then God pointed out full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. It doesn't say that the mouth speaks what the heart kind of sort of has. It doesn't say the mouth speaks what, what the heart heard once. It doesn't say what the mouth speaks that, that one time you're in that really not so good environment that you received everything and took it with you. It says the mouth speaks what the heart is full of, which means you have been meditating and meditating and meditating on something so much that it just comes out of your mouth on, a, on a, an instantaneous automated process. Next slide. Then it says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. So same kind of thing, stored up, excess, uh, stockpiled. What have you been stockpiling in your life that will come out in those instances when you didn't expect it to come out of your mouth, but you've been meditating on it because it's got uh, a high reserve in the back burner of your soul? But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned. Next slide. What comes out of our mouths exposes what's already in our hearts. Pastor talked about that yesterday and last uh, Wednesday. That's the part that was just like, ah, okay, God, I need to continue to do a work because, of course, we are not perfect, right? We overcome, but then we constantly have to renew our minds daily to make sure that these things stay submitted. Next slide. Every time you talk, you scatter seeds. And this is for better or for worse, for good or for evil. When pastor said this, and I reread it. Every time you talk, you scatter seeds. He didn't say every time you talk, you scatter fruit. He said every time you talk, you scatter seeds. Seeds go into the ground and they die and they produce more. So when you're speaking ill, when you're speaking anti-Christ, you're not just saying one thing. You're saying something that has this like trickle effect that just continues to bounce. You know when you uh, 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 skip a rock? 
you skip a rock on water, it doesn't just like, well, if your rock is the right weight and the right smoothness, I think. Yeah, but if you had like a boulder, run with me, and you threw it into the water, it just goes, boom, right? But if you have the right kind of rock, it skips. It skips water, and that's what this does when you talk and you scatter seeds. You always wanna make sure that what you're scattering into the world is edifying and uplifting and of the word. Next slide. Okay, so if anyone knows me, uh, God speaks to me through kinesiology, physiology, and all things body talk. So if this is like zoom right over your head, I promise I will try and explain it to you, but I hope that you catch some revelation for it. We have a nervous system, the CNS, central nervous system in the body, yeah? Okay, there's a nervous system loop where you receive information, that's the input, your body interprets the information or the input, it makes a decision about that information and then it creates an output, okay? And it's a loop. You receive, you interpret, do, 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 do. then you make a decision, gonna do this, and then you do it, okay? Next slide. Sensory input, so that first receiving part of information happens in three ways. Exteroception, interoception, and proprioception. Exteroception, right, is the environment. So right now, we are all receiving information. We are in a garage, we are at church. I've got someone to my left, I've got someone to my right. Ooh, it's kind of warm. Uh, the lights are kind of bright, right? We're receiving outside information into the body. Interoception is what is coming from the inside. So you might sense that it's warm on the outside, but also that you're warm on the inside. You might be uh, like dehydrated, uh, things like that. And then proprioception is just your sense of self. So these are all things, all uh, information sensory inputs that the body has to process. And they, the body does it really quickly and automat automatically. Next slide. Most output problems are a direct result of input problems. Right? Okay, so... That TV show that you know you shouldn't be watching. That friend group that you're hanging out with too much. Um, the coworkers that continue to gather at the water cooler talking nothing but smack about everyone else in the, in the office, right? You continually receive that information, then you're interpreting the information, you're making a decision to come into agreement with it, and then your output is gossip, or your output is hatred, or your output is nasty tongue. Next slide. So I want to offer an, uh, four ways, I think it was four, it might even be five, four ways to help you tame your tongue, tame your shrew, which is how it helped me renew my mind um, and come to a place where uh, things like cursing is just not a part of who I am anymore. And the first is to acknowledge Acknowledge that you should change. Acknowledge that this is an area in your life that you struggle with and that you need help with because you can't change what you don't acknowledge. The second slide. Repent and seek. A contrite heart is the essence of reconciliation back to God. If you constantly repent to the Lord, you are constantly renewing and restoring your relationship and your mind back to Christ. And then at the same time, as you're repenting, you're also seeking the Lord. So they go hand in hand. Next slide. This is one of my favorite scriptures when I am uh, coming to myself like the prodigal son and returning home in repentance. Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there any wicked or hurtful way, if there is any wicked or hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. 
Next slide. This is another one of my go-tos. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. This is a way that you can keep your heart malleable, humble, and directed towards the Lord so that what comes out of your mouth, did I say mouth malleable? I meant heart malleable, yeah? Did I say that? Okay, I just had a moment in my head. Do-do-do, information, processing, interpreting. Next, speak life. It's important that you constantly speak life over yourself, which is in Romans, renewing your mind daily is about speaking life over yourself. Next slide. Pastor said this also last week. Prophesying is a lifestyle of speaking truths and realities of the kingdom. Testifying is prophesying. The word of God is prophesying. So when you continue to speak the word of God over your life, then it gets into your heart and then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But if you're only allowing your portals, your portals, your eyes and your ears to receive information that is anti-Christ, then what you're hearing and building faith for is everything that's not of God. So you always need to make sure that you're speaking truth until you believe it for yourself. But as you continue to speak it, your body starts to interpret it and make that decision that is going to come into agree with it, agreement with it. Next slide. Fast and feast. I like this one. The Bible says that there's certain kinds of spirits that can only flee by fasting and praying. So you must, if you haven't already, you must seek the Lord through fasting and prayer. And then uh, pastor was talking about feasting last week. Oh man, it was so good. He said, you come to service on a Wednesday or a Sunday and that's where you make your plate. And then it's your job to go home, take the plate home with you, and then feast on it the rest of the week. So as you fast and you deny yourself of the flesh, right, you have to uh, bind the strong man, but you also fill the house so the strong man doesn't come back seven times stronger, right? So you want to feast on the word of God as you're fasting to help you renew your mind and tame your tongue. And then praying in the spirit. If you don't already pray in the spirit, this is one of the ways you have direct access with the Lord. You don't need to go to church to speak with the Lord. You don't need to confess uh, behind a curtain to, to get in communion with the Lord. That is a gift to the believer, praying in the spirit. The Holy Spirit is the gift to the believer. So praying in the spirit is, um, is like bullseye prayers to the Lord. Uh, Next slide. The tongue has power, and I just want to give a few scriptures. Um, The tongue is also a fire. Uh, World of evil among the parts of the body, as small as it is. For whomever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. That's 1 Peter 3. Next slide. And then 1 Corinthians 14 speaks a ton about speaking in tongues and prophecy and how it's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. So I encourage you to go to that. Next slide. Restoration. Oh, this is so good. Um, Pastor mentioned this. It just sort of in passing a while ago. Uh, In the book of Acts on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell and everyone was given um, the gift of tongues and speaking in tongues. But the Lord was restoring that from back in Genesis, the Tower of Babel, when he confused everyone and caused everyone to speak in different tongues so they couldn't communicate with each other. So the tongue has restoration power. And it is so powerful. And I would love for you, as I close out, to stand up and, of course, make a declaration with me before we go back into worship. I want you to say this loud and proud. Ready, Grace? 
My words matter. Only fruitful seeds will I scatter. My tongue has power. Anything not of God makes my heart sour. So I yield my tongue, my thoughts and my heart, renewing daily back to what God intended from the start. You can take a seat. You can take a seat. You guys good? It's an honor to be up here. It's an honor to be up here. Pastor Terrence, Pastor Julia, love you so much. Love you so much. Thank you for seeing the God call in my life and for not allowing it to sit dormant. You've allowed me to be equipped so that I can be mobilized. So thank you. I love you. Say, I have ears to hear. Okay, I believe you. Everyone say, big mouth. Who told you that? Who told you that? Who knows that during COVID, that was some weird, weird lifetimes? Anybody? Whose thoughts went a little wild during COVID? Be, be for real right now. What am I doing? What is going on? What is happening? Just questions upon questions upon questions upon questions. Is this going to end? Okay, it's going to be two more weeks. Okay, it's not two more weeks. It's, it's going to keep going. Okay, this is a global thing. Like thoughts kept coming. They kept coming. They kept coming. They kept coming. They kept coming. And I know for myself... There was a lot of moments where I was like, I don't know what's going on, and I don't like that. (laughs) And Brianna and I started a business, an event planning business, in the middle of COVID. Actually, it's our two-year this this month. Hallelujah. He is faithful. But we started an event planning business in the middle of our strictest lockdown. So I remember when we were calling uh, the city to get our business license, and they were like, you're starting a what? It's like, you heard us loud and clear. We're starting an event planning business. Oh, you shouldn't do that. That's silly. Nope, don't do that. You probably most and most likely will not be approved for uh, for your license. So you should probably consider changing that. But who knows that when God gives you a promise, that no man can take away from that. Anybody know that? Thoughts will never stop. I was thinking about this today. Thoughts will never stop. You are always going to have thoughts. You're going to have good thoughts. You're going to have bad thoughts. What are you doing with your thoughts? I want to sit on that a little bit today. When God's given us the tool of self-control and the wisdom to renew our mind daily, there's principles he's wanting to get rooted in us so that when thoughts uh, that aren't truth and life come to us, we can quickly speak against it and not be moved. Anybody want to be that person when thoughts come that are not life, that are not truth, that you can quickly say, "Uh uh-uh, that's not for me. I don't receive that. That's not who God says about me. No, I'm standing 
stand on truth. Anybody in this house tonight? Yeah, me too, me too, me too. Okay, I want to get into uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. A little small up there, but I'm going to read it for you. It says, For though we walk, live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow, the overthrow and destructions of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself against the true knowledge of God and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ the Messiah, the anointed one. And I want to read it also in the New King James Version. I feel like EJ is like, yeah, somewhere wherever he is right now in Europe. Um, and it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the fle- uh, according to the flesh. I'm sorry. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnival or mighty in God for putting down strongholds. Remember, casting, pulling down, casting down arguments and every th- high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. And then listen, this is what the Holy Spirit said to me today. To simply keep the thought captive is actually incomplete. If you don't know, and if you don't bring it into the obedience of Christ, this is the key. The scripture says you have to keep every thought captive. The thought comes, you're not loved. Now what? Now what? Awesome. You've kept the thought captive. Jazz, you know this. You've kept the thought captive. And then you're just like, I'm going to just do me. Okay, I got business today. I've got uh, some clients. Thought. Captive, but the thought, okay? I'm going to go to the gym, you know, because I'm so fit and all. I'm going to go travel. I'm going to go do this. Remember, thought. Still here. I'm going to keep doing my thing. I'm going to keep doing my thing. Oh, the sun's going out. Okay, I'm going to go to sleep. Thought. You wake up. Why do I feel so unloved today? Why do I feel less than? You slept with the thing that didn't give you life. Listen, 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 listen. Listen. The first step, the word says, is you keep every thought captive. Second step. Now you bring it into the obedience of Christ. No, no, listen, listen, listen. I know we're saying, yeah, but listen. We bring it into the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? God, this isn't of you. I release this onto you. But wait, wait, wait. This is where I think we've missed the secret ingredient of heaven. We leave it at that. We don't impart truth back into us. So we've kept the thought captive. We've released it onto Jesus because we know he's able to conquer all things. And we did nothing with ourselves. The true showing of your maturity in Christ 
is when you can keep the thought captive immediately when it comes. You can bring it into obedience of Jesus Christ and then you can speak who he says about you so that you can walk in who he's called you to be. God's word is the final word. What he says is final. Speaking the word seals the deal. You don't send out a letter when it's open. You seal that thing, and that's an act to show this is ready to be sent. What the word of God does in your life, it stamps you so that you're never left as an open, wandering, wavering letter. The letter could come out while it's going from the, I don't even know where a letter goes, to the office, to the mailman, to God knows where. But what happens sometimes is we're like, just take it. Obedience. Nah, yeah, I give it to Jesus. Yeah, I give it to the mailman. We don't seal it. So what happens, that letter comes out. And then you're wondering, where is that letter? Where did it go? Now you're frustrated with God, but really what happened was is you didn't seal it with the word. I'm speaking over you today that you are to never, 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 never seal what God says about you. You never walk out not sealing what he says about you. You're never going to have a day of confusion because you've spoke the word over you. You've declared the word over you. You know who he says that you are. You can walk in confidence, but that can't happen until you first know the word for yourself. I actually want to take a minute to reflect right now. And we've been saying it, the power of life and death is in your tongue. You are the one who's able to speak to the mountain and the mountain be moved. But listen, that can't happen until you understand the words that is in your mouth, but what he has first put in your mouth. I feel like we're good at saying, declaring, God, you're able, you're doing this, you're doing it all again. You're more than the, um, what's that song that I sing all the time? Don't you tell me he can't do it. (laughs) The song that I sing, I forget. We're so quick. And then trouble comes. And then pressure comes. And PT has said this before. Pressure comes. When pressure comes, you'll really know what's in you. So I want to take a moment for you to actually reflect. And I want everybody to just close their eyes for a second. I want you to just reflect and not hear me, not dwell. But I want you to pick a moment right now. And maybe that moment was today where you made a decision to speak death over yourself. To speak contrary to what the word of God says about you. I want you to just, just, just reflect on that for a second. Everybody look at me. Who told you that? Who told you that? Who told you that, Heather? Who told you that, Chastity? Who told you that? Who told you that, Bella? 
Who told you that? Who told you that, Wendy? Who told you that, Yana? Who told you you weren't enough? Who told you that you wouldn't see your dreams come true? Who told you that you wouldn't see your family free, healed, and whole? Who told you that you're too much? That you're too loud? Who told you that you weren't beautiful? Who told you that you weren't loved? Who told you that? Because I'm here to tell you of the one who says you are enough. The one that says you are chosen. The one that says you are loved, that you're an overcomer, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Lift your hands in this place. The one who says you are strong, that you are courageous, that you are enough, that you are more than a conqueror, that you are free indeed, that you are co-heir with Christ, that you are wise, that you are bold, that you are creative, that you are smart, that you are triumphant, that you are healthy, that you are a new creation, that you are redeemed, that you are forgiven, that you are worthy, that you are a citizen of heaven, and that you are whole. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. The only person that is holding you back from walking in the fullness of who he has called you to be is yourself. So I silence those lies. I silence those doubts. I silence those fears. I silence everything that goes contrary to the word of God. And I speak truth over you. I speak life over you. I speak fullness into you. You will live and not die. You will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You will see your family saved. You will see your body healed. You will see the city saved. You will see the word hit the streets more than we could ever see and imagine sons and daughters coming home. You will see your body whole. You will see. In this time in your life now, you will see. And it will happen when you don't fight the word of God. it earlier on, but if you didn't already know, this month is Mother's Day, and Pastor Terrence's birthday, yes, and we are a house, a 
love honor, we honor those that constantly sacrifice themselves so that we can become more Christ-like, so that we can continue on the path to righteousness. And so we would like to extend you an opportunity to partner with the mighty man and woman of God this month. And I want to pull, uh, you don't have to worry about putting that on the screen, but um, I would like to just quickly read 1 Corinthians 9. This is in the message if you want to go in. Um, find this translation. It says this, even though, this is Paul talking, even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to anyone and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose living immoralists, yowza, the defeated, the demoralized, whomever. I didn't take on their way of life, I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. And I did this because of the message. The AMP says, I do this for the sake of the gospel so that I might share in its blessings along with you. We have pastors that constantly lay down their lives to meet people where they're at. When the pastors um, forge their way into PA, they, they meet the students where the students are at. When we go into the club, we don't compromise, right? But we go into the club and we meet the people there when they're, where they're at. And our pastors constantly do that so that we can win souls to Christ and so the pastors can share in the blessings and all the goodness that comes with that. And so it is an honor to sow into pastors. If you want to, there's a saying, you sow where you want to go. You sow where you want to go. So if you don't quite yet have the type of faith, because it's a lot that Pastor Terrence and Pastor Julia have, if you don't quite have that much faith, you sow, because that's where you want to go. If you want to have the, the agape capacity that our pastors have, and you don't quite have that yet, you sow, because that's where you want to go. If you want to experience grace, mercy, um, all the fruits of the Spirit, and you're not quite there, you're still working out your salvation, then you sow where you want to go, and this is an opportunity to do that. This is a separate gift than your tithe and your offering, okay? So it would be like getting them a gift and not asking for a receipt back for that, because that would be a little funny, right? So you're going to sow, but it's not a tax-receivable gift. And here are some of the ways that you can sow. I'll be at the back if you have any questions about that. Any amount counts. And I just declare now in Jesus' name, a multitude, a manifold return on your seed, partnering with our pastors for Mother's Day and for Pastor Terrence's birthday. They are good ground, and I know that that return will come into you a manifold. So uh, thank you so much. Brett, would you like to come up and uh, share some announcements and close us up? Give it up for Brett. Give it up for Brett. Thank you. Wow, what a great night. Wow. You know, let's say thank you to Pastor Daniela, Pastor Dylan, Sion, for the word they shared today. So good. Okay, my, my time here is to tell you everything that's going on, and there is so much going on in this place, so we're going to go rapid fire. Okay, May 6th, that's this Saturday. Yeah, Army of David, Serial Killers. That's going to be fun. I see Fruit Loops. Maybe there's Fruit Loops here. I don't know. I don't know. If you're, if you're of high school age, you go. 
you tell me what happened and I'll know what happened. It'll be very exciting. But if you know somebody in high school age, uh, get them to come along 6 p.m. on Saturday. It's a pajama party. Uh, sorry, pajama party. Yeah. It's a pajama party, not a pajama party. What are we thinking? Yeah, I don't know. That's it. So that's this Saturday. So get along. It's going to be a lot of fun. 6 p.m. May the 6th. Today's Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Where are you going to be? trick question. That was a trick question. That was a trick question. You're going to be at Mary Patterson Chapel. Okay. So this is going to be our chance to preview what it's like to be at Mary Patterson Chapel on Wonder Wednesday, the 10th of May. So next Wednesday, you're going to be where? Mary Patterson Chapel. That's it. That's it. So we're going to be there uh, and uh, 6 p.m. Uh, come along. Be, be there and uh, experience what it's like and a preview of the Mary Patterson Chapel where we will also be starting May 14th. So it's Mother's, Mother's Day. Mary Patterson was a mother. It's a Mother's Day. Bring your mother. Thank you. See, I, I made that work. I made that work. May 14th, Mother's Day is the first time we're going to be celebrating our evening service at the Mary Patterson Chapel at Pacific Academy. So. That's gonna be exciting. That time we're gonna have one service only, okay? So Mother's Day, go have fun, have lunch, take care of your mum and say, hey, let's go out <laughs> to Mary Patterson Chapel. And that service will start at 6 p.m. Triple Threat Marriage Ministry. We're gonna, we're gonna be having an event on May the 19th at 7 p.m. It's gonna be fantastic. So that's May 19th. I'm looking forward to that. There's a women's event, Holy Purpose, May 20th. Now, I've seen some incredible pictures. I wasn't there, but I saw some incredible pictures of the stuff you guys are doing, and it looks so beautiful. So if you haven't had a chance, or you know somebody who would love to be at that women's event, bring them along. May 20th, it's gonna be a fantastic time, I am sure. I won't be there, but I'll ask my wife how it was. <laughs> and then May 27th, foundational track. This is, if, if you've just started to come uh, here to Love Quest and you wanna know more about it, this is an incredible opportunity. My family, uh, when, once we've been here, coming here for a little while, we said, yeah, we wanna be involved. We came to foundational track and it was so fantastic to get a whole picture of what Love Quest is all about. So I would strongly encourage you, if you haven't been to a foundation track, come on May 27th. If you're new, come May 27th and get involved. It's a fantastic time and you can sign up at the back at integration. And then the Toronto trip, June 9-11. Who's excited about that? That's gonna be amazing. I know, I, I gotta figure out, you know, all those clothes to wear and, and what Toronto's like, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be a great trip. Now, if you have signed up to be on the special flight, the flare flight that leaves on the 8th and arrives back on the 12th, you need to make sure you have confirmed with Vanelli. okay? So Vanelli's just over here on the side here. So if you haven't confirmed with her yet, and you signed up to go, 
You need to now confirm that you're going. We just want to make sure we've got the numbers just right. And if you haven't received an email from her and you had initially registered interest or now you are very interested, you need to go and talk to Vanelli before one o'clock tomorrow. What time? One o'clock tomorrow, right? Okay, so if you want to be on that flight, make sure you see her. And um, if you're making your own way there or you're going to be involved, please make sure you let people know so we can make sure we've got the right space. But it's going to be amazing. All right. Praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for the goodness. Thank you, Lord, that we have come before a buffet. We have got our plate full tonight. And Lord, I thank you as we go now home this week through to Sunday, we will feast on that Word. Let your Word become one with us. Lord, may we absorb it. May we be changed by it. May we be shifted by it. Lord, we want to feast on your Word from now till the next time we meet again. Thank you, Lord, for all of love ways, all the people who are at home, those who are here tonight. I thank you for your blessing upon their lives. Thank you, Lord, that the Word would be alive and sharper than two-edged sword in their lives. Thank you, Lord, that you have great things for us. And we praise you for your mightiness. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, you know what time it is. Your love fix, man. Yeah. Yeah. Walk in the room. Yeah. Everything change. Everything change. Everything change. As soon as we walk in the room. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe on all of your favorite streaming platforms and follow us on social media. You can find us on IG and Facebook at LoveQuestINTL Church. We out here. But you know what it is. You know the motto. We out of time, but we ain't out of Jesus. So till next time, get your love fixed, man. As soon as we walk in the room, everything changed. Everything changed.